this out. Your home for Utah's best sports radio is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Austin, it is The Big Show. I appreciate you sitting in today for Jake and uh, Talon. Thanks for sitting in for Austin. Yeah, this is really fun. We've uh, only gone... Almost eight years together without ever doing this. So, and uh, is it weird at this hour to be on this side of the glass? I'll be honest with you. The whole afternoon, I've kind of felt like it, it, it's felt similar to the days that we're here for a Jazz playoff game on a Sunday. There's no one else. It's a Sunday road game in the playoffs for the Jazz. There's no one else in the building. Mm-hmm. No one else is here. It's just us, and I'm in a spot that I'm usually not in here at the radio station. So you're out of place a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And also, even when I'm in this room, I'm sitting in that seat, usually, that Mm. you're sitting in. Mm. So it's weird. Well, uh, I'm glad that you could join me. I'm very grateful for the the chance. It's been fun. Are we the only ones working today? You and me and Talon and Lloyd? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the whole station worked, except for Hans and Jake. They somehow got it off, but hope it rains wherever they are. There but, uh, you go again. But the bees, they're all working today, everyone at the, the ballpark over there. Uh, but other than that, I think that that's, it's us. Well, we hope that whether you're working or not, whatever, maybe you got a, you got a little bit of a holiday vibe going still. Uh, when a holiday is on a Thursday, usually that Friday seems like it's pretty loosey-goosey. And then if we're talking then, why come in on Saturday or Sunday? We'll just see you on Monday. But, hey, we'll have to recover, so here's my rule. If there's a holiday on a Thursday, see you on Tuesday. That's the rule. <laughs> You're going to stretch it out on both ends. Uh, Vote for me. All right. I'm going to yeah. run on that <laughs> <Okay>. alone. <laughs> I think that'll get you a lot of votes. All right, earlier we were talking about the Jazz and some of the additions they've made, the things they've done. This has been a, a quite an eventful offseason for them, especially by Jazz standards. And uh, earlier today, DJ and PK had Andy Bailey on, who uh, maybe many of you are familiar with. He writes for various publications. He wrote an article that was in Bleacher Report. And uh, anyway, uh, they interviewed him. And why don't we give, uh, give some of the things that he said uh, a listen, because I'm curious to hear both the questions and the answer. So, so this first one, PK asked him, uh, essentially, have the Jazz done enough this offseason to build the roster? Yeah, I think all the bases covered is a good way to put it. Um, maybe not covered perfectly, but, but they are covered. I, I think just about anybody would have gone into this offseason thinking the Jazz need a point guard. Um, they might want to upgrade that stretch four position, and, and they did both of those things. Um, and then they even, they even checked a couple more boxes that, that crept up as they made moves. So they trade for Mike Conley. And there's the point guard upgrade, but it cost them Jay Crowder, who was their their solid stretch four the last couple of years. Uh, And then they addressed that need with Boyan Bogdanovich, and all of a sudden there goes your backup center and Derek Favors, and then they addressed that with Ed Davis. So it was just like one move after another. It it, it was like a dream offseason for the Jazz. I think it's 
you know, a lot of people have pointed back to the Carlos Boozer year, and that's maybe still the best individual free agent they've signed. But in terms of, you know, the totality of the offseason, this has got to be the best one the Jazz have ever had. They they hit every single need they had, and I think they, they did it well with each one of these. I, I'm really interested to see what those Conley, Mitchell, Ingles, Bogdanovich, Gobert lineups look like. I, I think that's this that's so much more offense than Quinn Snyder's ever had to work with in Utah. And I think, you know, a lot of people have said they sacrificed a lot of the defense, and that's probably true to an extent. But I think as long as you've got Rudy Gobert on the floor, you, you probably have a top four or five defense. He's just that impactful defensively. So I think I think they have a chance to be very, very good. Again, they just they just hit every single need they had, and not a lot of teams can pull that off in one summer. All right, so I, I don't understand why people are saying that the Jazz is going to have some big drop-off defensively. Let, let's go through this a little bit. I get it. Uh, Derek Favors was a terrific defender. Ed Davis is really good defending. He's really good. Now, he's not the offensive player Derek Favors was, but the Jazz took care of that in other regards, as Andy was talking about there. Still a stand on the defensive side. Mike Conley's a better defender than Ricky Rubio was. You think so? Yes. Even now, at his age, I think he's a better defender. And I saw Rubio get beat time and time again on the perimeter last year, leaving Rudy Gobert exposed trying to cover two guys at once. I don't think that's going to happen as much with Mike Conley. I don't. And uh, Bogdanovich, I think he's okay <laughs> defensively. Oh, defensively. Yeah. yeah. But offensively, if we include that into the equation, like Andy was talking about, okay, so the Jazz give up essentially Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors, and uh, Jay Crowder. And they get back a better player offensively in Mike Conley, a better player offensively in Bogdanovich, and in Ed Davis, they get a player who is no slouch defensively. Offensively, he's not going to give you uh, as much as Derek Favors would, but you don't need him to because there's going to be one basketball. Let's think about for a second what the Jazz are going to look like offensively. When they're coming down the floor and they have options, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, uh, Rudy Gobert rolling to the basket, and Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> What's not to like about that offensive lineup? Anybody who is saying that the Jazz are going to leave uh, something to be desired at the offensive end, I don't know what you're talking about. Mike Conley's a very gifted, gifted point guard offensively, and he's smart, and he knows how to bring a team together. He knows how to keep it uh, connected, as Quinn likes to say. He's great in the pick and roll. you still got Rudy Gobert, who's going to be effective rolling to the basket. Now you've got two shooters who, I mean, last year Bogdanovich was 52% from the corner. Jeez. And uh, what is that? I go- like how you said it yesterday. More went in than missed. Right, fifty-two percent. Yes. That's not. Every you don't do that in up. basketball. Yeah. And then all of the. What's the effect all of that has on Donovan Mitchell, who now has open lanes to the basket? And a year ago, they were handing the ball to him and saying, "Donovan, save us on this possession." It was too much to ask of him. As good as he is, it was too much to ask. Now all of that is no longer required from Donovan Mitchell, and so the burden will be shared amongst numerous players who can fill the basket up. 
So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. There are some skeptics out there still, but I'm not sure what they're looking at. Now, we've been talking big. I've been talking big about it. I've been saying that the Jazz are going to contend. I believe that's possible. I think it's probable. Um, but there are some, I guess, who still think that they just don't think it's quite good enough or whatever. I, but I see it differently. The only, the only question I have about the offense is, is there a second unit score? on this roster. You can count on night in and night out on that second unit to score for you. That's my only question. Cause, do, you, are you, do you think there's not one? Well, that's going to take, for consistency, I haven't seen it. Royce O'Neal, George Nyang, they can do it. Can they do it for 82 games? Can they come in and give you 11 points a night as a second unit scorer? Jeff Green can. Do you think Jeff Green can oh, do yeah. that? Then that then they addressed that with Jeff Green. We did it last year with the Wizards, and he's done it every year of his career. Where Eastern Conference double. versus Western Conference, right, but, but he's still you've seen him play. Yeah, that guy yeah. that guy can play. Uh, so then they've added uh, Jeff Green, and that would solve that. Well, not solve it, but help it. Uh, I don't think anyone solves anything unless your name's Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant. And now Kevin Durant can't walk, so he can't solve anything. Well, the, the interesting thing about it to me is that, that the Jazz are still going to. They don't have that superstar player, but they've got a bunch of really, really good players. Do you consider Donovan Mitchell or a superstar player or a a player who can become that? Yes. Or to delineate, I'd say the latter. He's not a superstar yet, but he might be to uh, by the second week of the season. I think it's coming. I think what uh, when Scotty was talking to David Locke earlier today, David said something that I completely agree with, and it's that uh, Donovan Mitchell is going to benefit from these additions more than any other player. I think it's going to be manifest in his effectiveness, his efficiency is going to increase, and you're, and who knows, his scoring may stay the same. I, I And he said something else that I thought was really interesting, that most players take a bigger leap from year two to year three than from year one to year two. And so if that's true for Donovan, then the Jazz are going to be in really good stead. I hope that that's the case. I also hope that they don't res- uh, make Donovan into student first, star second. Because he has had to be the guy from day one that he got here. He hasn't had a real opportunity to be student He's had to also learn as he succeeds. He's had to provide the team with scoring, with prowess, with flash, while learning the game as an NBA player. I hope that they don't now go, okay, you've had two years of that. Now we're going to slow you down a bit so you can learn for the long run. I'd, I'd like him to still stay on this uh, torrent pace of learning while exceeding the or only, succeeding. The only thing he's going to have to learn is to pick spots that are going to be more available to him and how to share the ball with teammates who can fill it up. And in that regard, that's where Mike Conley, I'm with you on that, is much better than Ricky Rubio. He gets the 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 team into a spot where not just Donovan Mitchell, but everyone is in their natural place to do what they're supposed to do with the ball. Ricky Rubio didn't always do that, even down to a simple thing. And I don't mean to, uh, you know, come down hard on Ricky Rubio, but down to a simple lob to Rudy Gobert at the basket. How many missed lob passes did Ricky Rubio throw last year to Rudy Gobert? Where all you have to do is throw it to the ceiling, and he'll score the ball. 
Well, I maintain, again, I'm not trying to rip Ricky Rubio, but he played basketball like a soccer player plays soccer, and it was too loosey-goosey. It was fun when it worked, but there were times when the the ball was going down the floor the other way. Mm. Off it's a, a good analogy. Off, off a, uh, a turnover that was careless and didn't need to happen. And that really can change the momentum of a game. I think you'll see the ball taken care of better. Mike Conley is not a flashy passer, but I think he's a he's a sure passer. Was John Stockton a flashy passer? Sometimes. Yeah, he wasn't a wrap around the back stuff, but man, I couldn't remember very many games. It seemed like almost every game I ever saw him play, I saw him complete a pass that I didn't see. But did it ever feel like he was pushing the envelope when he made those passes? Uh, well, maybe flashy's not the yeah. right word, yeah. but certainly uh, he was adept at uh, finding uh, passing alleys that most people wouldn't have seen. I guess in my in my memory's eye, I don't remember him saying, "Well, let's see if this works." Speaking of Stockton, I, I feel like he always uh, somehow slowed down and decided that was the best option at the time, and he could see how it would work, and he went about it doing it that way, which reminds me a little bit of Mike Conley. He's not going to be Jason Williams' passing highlight reel on SportsCenter, but he's going to get a lot of assists because he gives the ball to the guy in the right spot and the right momentum. Before we move on to the next bite, you brought up the defense, how some people are thinking, well, you gave up Derek Favors, you you, you lost Jay Crowder, you're going to have to take some step back in defense to improve the offense. And you said you're not so sure about that. No, I'm not. There might be a little bit of – uh, of uh, deterioration, but I think on the whole, I think that group is going to be fairly steady. Again, spearheaded by Mike Conley out front, who, I mean, point guards are hard to cover. They, they just are, and some of them are going to get by him. I understand that's going to happen. I just don't think that's going to happen as much as it happened last year, and that will benefit Rudy Gobert so that he's not in those situations. How many times did you see him where he stepped up to cover for somebody else's loose man, and then that player would drop the ball off to who Rudy was originally set to guard, and it was difficult for him at times. He's still pretty good at it, but at times to get back to the other guy because the the ball moves faster with a pass than it does Rudy trying to cover the territory by running. You hear of Clint Clint Capella and the Houston Rockets, have you? That's pretty much what they did was uh, leave him uh, to have to defend. He'd leave Clint to defend someone else, and now Capella's scoring at the rim. So then uh, uh, I guess Andy was asked uh, whether the Jazz had done enough uh, in this offseason. Let's hear what uh, he said about that. I think Denver will get better just by virtue of sort of internal development. Um, I think Jokic may have sort of discovered something in himself during the playoffs. The numbers that he put up were just absurd. I think it was something like... 25 points, 13 rebounds, eight assists, something like that. And I, I, you know, putting up those numbers for an entire season is probably not going to happen. But I think he saw that he can really dominate. Um, and I think if Gary Harris is healthy, he'll be better. Uh, Jamal Murray should probably take a step forward. So I think they got better, uh, but maybe not a huge step forward because, you know, in the long run, it is still the same roster pretty much. Um, Houston is a giant question mark to me uh, i think they're probably still sort of stealthily calling around the league to see if anybody will take on that chris ball contract um they may just be stuck with it because when i look around the league i just i can't see many teams that would be willing to foot that bill i mean it's it's one of the most cumbersome 
deals in the NBA at this point. Um, but if, if their chemistry is okay, you, you would think they'd probably still be at the top of the West again. But who knows what's true and what isn't with that team. There was the Vince Goodwill report from Yahoo that made it sound like the sky was falling in Houston. And then Daryl Morey very vehemently uh, refuted that report, which is what you would expect from the general manor, manager. Um, but they're, they're kind of a question mark to me just because it, they're all over the place, um, chemistry-wise. And then Portland, I actually think they probably took a slight step back. Uh, they, they lost some forwards that have been pretty effective for them over the last couple of years in Harkless and Aminu. And Nurkic not being back for the start of the season is going to hurt them. I, I think Whiteside will be okay there, but he's, he's not as good as Nurkic is at this point. So they, they're the one team that I think I can point to and say they got a little bit worse. Um, but even after I, you know, go through all three of those teams, I think the step forward that Utah took, um, they could overtake all three of them. I, and, and a lot of people are still pointing to the Lakers as sort of the, they're going to be number one, especially if they get Kawhi. Um, I, I think Utah will have a chance to win the West regardless of what happens for the rest of the offseasons. All right, so uh, Austin, I agree with what he's saying there. Do you agree? And if you do agree, where do you place the Jazz in the West based on what we know right now? Still waiting to hear about Kawhi, but the teams are, other than outside of that, are pretty well formulated. Uh, how do you think the Jazz stack up in the West, and then how do you think they would stack up against teams, the best teams in the East? Well, uh, for the regular season, it's all about the starting lineup, and then when it comes to the playoffs, it's about the starting lineup and the next three guys, typically, mm -hmm. when it comes to the postseason. So when we examine the one through five and then the one through eight, the assumed, reported, one through five or one through eight for the Utah Jazz, I like how they stack up against almost every team, not just in the Western Conference, Gordon, but in the NBA. Name me a guy in the NBA who's going to guard Rudy Gobert. Name me a guy in the NBA who's going to then also guard Boyan Bogdanovich or some are thinking Jeff Green will start. I don't. But anyway, uh, Mike Conley. So take the Jazz from last season, the Jazz starting lineup of Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert. You had Donovan and Joe, who could score the ball shooting it. Yeah. You had Rudy, Derek, and Rubio, who couldn't shoot the ball with any type of uh, consistency, right? Right. Now, Rudy, who does give you offense, people think he doesn't give you offense. He has the one of the highest effective field goal percentages in the history of big men in the league. Uh, then you've got a four who can actually shoot the ball in Boyan Bogdanovich, a small three or a big a big three or a small four in Joe Ingles, who, when he doesn't have to create or dribble, shoots lights out from three on the catch and shoot. Donovan Mitchell, who we know what he can do, and Mike Conley, who just had a career high of 21 points per game uh, while coming off of a, a ankle and, and leg injury. That's a really tough, who do you guard, who do you leave open, a dilemma and decision for an opposing defense. So I really like how they stack up pretty much against everybody. So if that's your starting lineup, then coming off the bench, you've got guys like Jeff Green, Royce O'Neal, Ed Davis, Ed Davis uh, George Niang, George Niang, maybe Dante Exum if he's healthy. It, it, Whatever Emmanuel Moutier can give you. Yeah. Maybe Jarrell Brantley. Maybe Tony Bradley. You, you know, there's options. I mean, that doesn't sound too bad. No, it does not. And that offensive, I mean, that uh, first string uh, sounds terrific to me. So I, I understand that there's place for skeptics and skepticism. 
I'm just not seeing it. And there's another component to this whole thing, two components. One is that Quinn Snyder is a master at getting guys to meld together. And there is something that we talked about a few days ago, Austin, that you may, I think you participated in the conversation. There's a mental toughness focus uh, factor with this particular group of players that I think is beyond what the Jazz had before. And I don't mean to say I'm not criticizing anybody, but for instance, the turnover th- issue with Ricky Rubio. I think that comes down to mental toughness. Mike Conley has that mastered in my opinion. And I think the other guys do as well. Uh, So uh, that stacks up. I'm looking at it, and I'm looking for reasons to be pessimistic. I just don't see them. The one thing that could blow a hole in the bottom of this boat is injury. Don't say it. Oh, you said it. You said it. I did. There's rules with these things. Should I not have They're said They're listening. And by there, I mean the, the, the muses, the... The basketball the, gods. Yes. Is it? They hear everything. So, I mean, short of that, I, I think the Jazz are right at the top, near the top, if not at the top of the West. How fun will this next season be, regardless? Well, that's what was my point earlier about if Kawhi Leonard stays in Toronto, the league is balanced. And it will make this next regular season, I think, a gas to watch. Because how many years have we said before the season started that a certain team or group of teams were going to be at the top of the league? Yeah, yeah. You knew the Warriors were going to be there, right? Yep. I mean, you knew it uh, for the past five years, six years, whatever it's been. Well. And the Rockets. I mean, the Warriors still might be a factor, but not like they were. I could make an argument, uh, a a soft argument, for 12 Western Conference teams to be vying for a playoff spot next season. Yeah. And you could make an argument maybe for five of them uh, battling for a Western Conference championship. And you could do sort of the same thing in the East, at least with four of the teams. So that makes for a lot of fun because it comes down to competition with me and when you can guess beforehand what it's going to be with a quite amount a quite a, uh, a large degree of certainty then your league has a problem i don't think the league has that problem as of right now heading into 1920 this fall, the Ute Conference is introducing their flag football league for boys and girls ages 5 to 7. Learn to play and love the game. Have a great experience. Come play flag football. Sign up today at UteConferenceFootball.org. What's Kawhi Leonard going to do? We'll talk about it coming up next. May I have your attention, please? You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Nickname number two for Boyan Bogdanovich. This one is self-explanatory. We got Buckets Bogey, or Buckets Boyan, or Buckets whatever the heck you want, but Bucket something. Welcome back in. It is the big show. Uh, I Look, I'm willing to take uh, suggestions for nicknames, because here's the thing about being really, really good at anything, is you got to be willing to listen. Because, oh. as as the poet once said, God gave you two ears and one mouth, so you got to be able to listen. Collection is a big part of inspiration. Wasn't that the poet Capone that said that to somebody? I don't. 
the poet. Uh, now, I thought you were going to say that the key to being really good at something is not having any qualms about stealing other people's material. Well, there's that, too. Okay, all right. <laughs> so you'll take nickname suggestions. You are the nickname master. Yeah. I'll now, hope. they're not good, but you are the nickname master. I mean, they're, they're, well, they're some not, of them are straight up if awful. If they're not good, then how am I the master? You're the only one doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like can you make a bad pizza? You have to try to make a bad pizza, really. And uh, and if I'm the only one doing it, then I am the master. If you're the only one in town making pizza, you're the pizza I'm master. I'm the lonely master. You are, in fact, the the lonely master. So uh, that a suggestion about buckets, but now I'll just tell you my reaction. Okay. There's already a buckets nickname on the team, Buckets O'Neill. That's his nickname. Yeah. So I don't know that we can go buckets, no, Josh. We, we won't. But it was nice effort. I didn't say I was going to use everybody's suggestion. He also he tweeted one in that he said, how about Crafty Conley? He's going with this alliteration thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, pedestrian. <laughs> That's rude. Jeez. This is our good friend. This is our, by the way, this is our best open micer. I know. He I is love the it. best. He's terrific. But the, okay, let me let me just bring myself down off the mountaintop for okay. a second. If you would come down to the unwashed for a, for an afternoon, <laughs> we'd be so honored. No, keep the suggestions coming. You can at me at Gordon Monson, and uh, I will I will take your suggestions. Uh, but I'm I, so I do, proud of you. I do have some ideas in mind. Oh, you do for this. You've already been workshopping. Players, yes. Can you tease? So, no. No. When uh, will we know? I was thinking about next week. Monday? Yeah, breaking them out, Monday or Tuesday. Monday at 5.30 p.m., right oh, here on The Zone. Okay. I, I'll, let the, I'll let your producer know that that's what you're doing that okay, day at we, that time. Uh, can you get in I'll touch make a with note. Him? His people, yeah. And uh, 5.30. 5.30 Monday. Don't miss it. A complete uh, nickname lineup. Because the team will be official by then, right? It's tomorrow that all this, as reported, if reports are true, nonsense goes away, correct? Uh, well, yeah, essentially. I thought, isn't that right? Doesn't yeah, the moratorium yeah, end? Up. Okay, yeah, all right. It does. So, uh, Nickname you Monday. Won't, you won't want to miss that. Yeah, you will. <laughs> what do you think my best was? <laughs> no, that's, it's like it was so bad that it's the best and it's bags with you. I mean, it's, it's nothing. There's no tie-in. There's no... Uh, analogy there's nothing he he didn't like have a bag that he carried with him he didn't have bags under his eyes there was no bags attached and yet he was bags with he and it's so stupid that it's brilliant it's it's one of those science disprovers see I, i prefer to look at it as sort of being an intrinsic kind of feel thing and uh, they didn't have to have. See, you don't have to have some some obvious connection, you know. Uh-huh. You just sort of. It's like it's like. Is it, what, what did Luke Skywalker say? You know? <laughs> the, may the force be with you. I was going to Tashi Station to pick up some cat power converters. That is that the one you're looking for? Or? Well, I don't know. What did he say? No, you just have to. You know, it has to be it, it, it's sprinkled down upon you. And so then, I don't remember that line <laughs> from the 23 different Star Wars movies, TV shows, and comics books. Interesting. I missed that one. So deadline is Monday at 5.30. Yes. Tune I'll in. have all your, uh, your new batch of <laughs> nicknames, and you won't want to miss it, because I think it'll be really good. I, to this day, I'll stand by Donovan Mitch. I, I, I thought uh, that was pretty good. You know. 
uh, even though it didn't really catch on. It's up to him. If he likes it, then I will step back and say, go for it. You know, I've never asked him whether he liked it or not. That's probably a good idea. Let's leave it. Let's leave the mystery there. I asked him if he was going to turn into a jerk. I mean, I can ask the tough questions. <laughs> Once or twice, you've made you've asked a few tough questions in your career. So, is Kawhi Leonard going to be a traveling man or not? What do you mean? Is he's he leaving leave Toronto. To, yeah, or is he well, he's been stay? a traveling man. Is we he, we saw is he the stay. We saw the Highway Patrol chopper chase on Wednesday. That it was, looks. It looks. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But it, it looks like uh, he. I don't know what his taking his time means. I don't know if that means that he's more likely to stay in Toronto. Or he's more likely to leave because a lot of people thought that he was heading toward L.A. He was going home. So last summer, he, according to a good friend of the station, Jordan Schultz, he reached out to LeBron James, not the other way around. And this is when he was still with the Spurs and LeBron hadn't made his free agency decision to go to L.A. yet. And they talked and Kawhi gauged LeBron's interest in joining up in L.A. together. Kawhi at the time was not a free agent. Right? LeBron was about to become a free agent. And where did LeBron go? To the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And this is, not, this is not Jordan Schultz guessing or prognosticating or predicting. He is reporting at the time uh, sources on June 28 of 2018 telling him that that's what the conversation was. Now a year fast forward, LeBron is already in L.A. He sat most of the season. Kawhi went to Toronto via trade won them a championship, and now is free and clear to go wherever he wants. The simple math says he's going to be with the Lakers. The problem here is why, if that's the case, is he taking the entire month of July, I know it's only been five days, to decide this and make this announcement? I think it'll come within the next day. And will it be the two. Lakers? Uh, if, if your that, fortune was on the line. I don't know. I, I really don't. Uh, it'd be a total guess on my part. There are some indicators that are, he's going to stay in Toronto, but I, I do not know, and I don't think anybody knows. And I've seen an awful lot of guessing going on, but I don't think any of it is really rooted in the truth because Kawhi might be the only one who really knows. If LeBron James walked into the room and wanted players around the NBA to consider playing with him, is he the most influential player the most dominating player that even the players themselves would acquiesce to if he made the request, hey, come play with me. I can't think of a more powerful voice amongst the players. Because there's also the other side of the equation, and that is that people don't like playing with LeBron. They don't want to play with him. And there's been some talk about that as well. There was talk about that with Kobe. Uh, there was I, I remember some talk about that with Michael Jordan, you know, that he he was tough on his teammates. But I'm telling you right now, if Michael Jordan walks in the room and says, son, come play with me, that would be a tough one not to take him up on. The, the player, Michael Jordan? Yes, yeah. back in his prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, he I've never seen a player in the NBA that when he walked in the room, he was the absolute alpha dog. And I think that Michael Jordan uh, blew past LeBron in that regard. Even though when you see LeBron, he always knows the camera's on him, and he acts as though the camera is always on him. But I think Michael was the one, he was the absolute alpha dog. I guess, and that's true, and I can't think of a, of a more powerful, attractive voice 
than LeBron, a LeBron James invitation to a player to, hey, come team up with me because of his sheer talent. Which is what's so cool about Kyle Kuzma because he was darn near the only one on the team that uh, LeBron wanted. Yeah, and it's weird that LeBron James and David Griffin are such good friends, huh? I'm just saying. They, they know each other and love each other a lot. And somehow Kuzma didn't land in New Orleans. Hmm. But uh, I'm on an island there, I think. I think a lot of people are impressed with what David Griffin's been doing in New Orleans. But LeBron and Kawhi together, that would be that'd be fun for jersey sales, for TV numbers, for uh, the, 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 the interest of the league would go up. There would be a sheer, clear villain in the NBA, and that's the, that'd be the Los Angeles Lakers. And I think that the NBA would love nothing more than for that to be the case. Well, we'll see if that actually happens. Uh, A final question about the Jazz. If you were a betting man, do you think that they will make another move this offseason that is headline-worthy? Headline-worthy? Yeah. Oh, I mean, any move is making a headline. But you know what I mean. I mean, will will the rest of the roster come from the – amongst the second-round picks – and uh, guys, you know, who are like Willie Reed? I think for the summer, yes. I think before the season begins, this is – we will know and have spoken about the players who are on the opening day roster by the end of uh, Summer League. I think so. Any other, uh, any other trades that could come into play? I could see the Jazz making an in-season trade for that playoff uh, push to buoy up the edges after they've played through February or or through January and figure out, okay, we need to fix this here Mm -hmm. for the stretch. I could see that happening. One of the most fascinating aspects to this team is how long will it take for it to gel? How How, long will it take before they are completely effective at the offensive and defensive end? And what do you think? I think it'll be a little stretch, but I don't think it'll last long. Seems to be what everyone's saying, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the difficulty in the scheduling is. You know, because the past two years, earlier in the season, has been when the toughest part has come. So uh, whether that team can gel quicker, playing more difficult competition, or whether it, it, whether that doesn't really matter, I, th- I give it about a month, month and a half. And after that, I think that Quinn Snyder's message will be pretty clear to everybody. And I think it's got to be shorter than that with how wild the West is going to be. But I'm not saying that it's necessarily going to be bad news. It's not Ah. like I think they're going to be bumping and crashing along the way early. I just think for it to be moving along at its peak condition, I think that's not going to happen necessarily right out the gate. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll. And we haven't even seen the schedule yet. Who knows what they're going to do to the Jazz next season. Yeah, Maybe it'll be like it was last year. It'll be just a gauntlet to start and then free and easy down the For two years in a row? Two years, yeah. Yeah. That that would make it three. That would make it three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll put a wrap on the 5 o'clock hour coming up next. Stay with us. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. What would you give up for a year to ensure that Kawhi Leonard does not go to the Los Angeles Lakers? I would not shave my head for a year. Is that enough? I'll look like Hulk Hogan is who I'll look like. The long sides and bald top. (laughs) I would join the church choir. There. (laughs) This is if he says, I'm going based on that. No, you do this and the universe makes it physically impossible. (laughs) He cannot sign that contract with the Lakers. Fine. It's like the Ursula contract in Little Mermaid. 
Mermaid. Oh, Canada. So if he goes to Toronto, you will sing on the Arrow Canada. Oh, yeah. That's I will 100% deliver on this. Before or after the hot dog contest? Uh, probably before. Okay. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The best coverage of the Utah Jazz in the NBA is right here on The Big Show. Kick it. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 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 Welcome back in. It is the big show. Austin Horton, kind enough to sit in for the vacationing Jake Scott. Austin, thanks for doing that. Did you see how high Phil Steele ranked the Utah Utes? Now, we're getting kind of used to this because nationally, the Utes are getting a lot of positive press, but Phil Steele had them eighth in his preseason poll. That is getting up there now. Is that the highest you've seen? That's the highest I've seen. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, yeah. Eight, meaning there are only seven teams across country, uh, across college football better than the University of Utah. Yeah. I'm not in sure. His estimation. And I, I shared this with Tony earlier, and I felt like kind of like a wet blanket for doing so. I think it's great to have the excitement and to have the hype, and I think Ute fans – uh, should be excited. I think this should excite Cougar fans because you have a real chance, in my opinion, to beat Utah in the in the game one of the of the season. Uh, so that should excite you to see the Ute fans that you are, are rivals with to say be excited that they're eight and then you beat them. That would be exciting. I'll tell you one thing: when we were down there in Provo for BYU's media day, all the players were talking about that first game. Now they're being asked about it. But they seem to freely express that that was a real target for yeah. them. Uh, but when I think about it, Gordon, uh, the teams in the SEC, the teams in the Big Ten and the Big uh, 12, and I guess even Clemson, you got to throw Clemson in there oh, from sure. the AACC. Mm-hmm. You're telling me there's not eight teams, seven teams better than the Utes? You might even have a Pac-12 team better than the Utes. Well, but he's got him at eight, and the next Pac-12 team, I think, is 12th or 13th? Everybody's guessing, but certainly that shows an awful lot of respect sure. for uh, the program that Kyle Whittingham has built with the talent that he's built. One thing's for sure, that defensive line is going to be otherworldly. I mean, we, we know that, and we know the kind of defenses that the Utes have put up, but they have to create more offense. We saw that against Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, and obviously Washington, I think, will be uh, a step or two beneath where they were last year, but yeah, the Utes have an opportunity, and it sounds like they may be up to the task. And certainly, that's what a lot of people from around the country are saying. The good news for the Utes is they draw really well in the North this season. They've got Oregon State. Now, Washington State gets them uh, every now and then. Quite often, Washington State beats Utah. Uh, But they're reloading again at quarterback. Who is it going to be? It might be that Cam and Cooper kid from uh, Lehigh, or I think they've got another transfer. Is it Gage Jabrud, or is he going to Washington, Talon? Gage Jabrud is either playing for Washington or Washington State. But either anyway. Mike Leach is a tough guy to coach against. They don't draw Stanford, Oregon, or Washington this season. They've got Washington State, Oregon State, and Cal. 
So that's three games that you could conceivably win and should win, should be favored in. Uh, So that helps, but I still – there's so much left. And as far as the defensive line goes, Jabrud is for Washington State. Okay. Uh, Standout guy from the big sky, by the way. He's he's something to watch out for at quarterback. But the defensive line, when I was filling out my 1660, Gordon, I struggled not putting all of the Utah defensive linemen that were in that uh, as a selection in the top ten. Who's That's that? how deep they Which are. Which one of those guys do you think is the best of the bunch? Uh, I, th- I like John Penasini a lot. Uh, but uh, let me pull out my list here real quick. I've got it written down here. Well, it's a tough choice. It's really tough. Bradley and I is Bradley really, and I is really probably good. tops. Let me just remind myself where I go. The highest uh, I have Bradley and I as the number one defensive lineman for the University of Utah. Mm-hmm. But there's the others aren't far behind. No, and uh, there's several of them, including John Penasini and uh, Lucky Fotu. Mm-hmm. Come on, it yep. goes on and on and on. Yeah, and then you get to the. I think Kyle deep. has said that he thinks three of those guys will be uh, NFL draft picks. So, and is Max Tuapai is he an offensive or defensive line? Max Tuapai is defensive line, isn't he? He's someone that no one's talked about. He's a mountain. He's never. He hasn't played very much. He could have a real breakout season. He was the mountain in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he should have been. That guy's ginormous. Yeah, so. could have been. It, it so it's respect from, and it's not the nickel uh, arcade publication. It's Phil Steele. Yeah. that we're talking about here. That means something. He's not alone. There's a whole lot of people out there who think very highly of the Utes. All right, we'll put a wrap on a five o'clock hour. Stick around. We got uh, Donovan Mitchell talking about how great Utah is coming up in the 6 o'clock. Stay with us.